Hey friends, welcome to a 2022 Waterworks Ministries podcast. Uh, I am your co-host, Karen Weiss, in the event that you have forgotten my lovely voice, which is distinctly possible, uh, here with the other co-host, Missy Schoonover. Hey, hey, party people. <laughs> and no, you did not miss all of the updates in 21, but we're going to talk about that. Or 20. Or 20 for that, for that matter. matter. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. We are back. Um, so yeah, our last podcast was, I believe, released in September of 2019. 19. So it's been two and a half years. And it was called Wisdom Part One. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and now, you know, so then the silence was Wisdom Part Two. <laughs> And three. And three. And four. And 37. Because sometimes wisdom requires silence. Yes, she does. Which, in a lot of ways, has been... Yeah. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm sure that our vast listening off um, audience will not be surprised that just because they didn't hear from us by no means meant that uh, that Karen and I were silent with each other. <laughs> True. We had much processing to do. Or with our our other people. <laughs> our other people. <laughs> the yes. people who happen to orbit our universe. <laughs> yes. 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 The so, planets to our sun. Yes. So I guess we'll start with how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Well, we I think I can say honestly that we are both tired of the Rona. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um yes. Fr- a lot has happened in these two and a half years. I mean, we're not making an excuse, no. clearly, for our absence <laughs> from the airwaves. We're not. We're, but, we're filling you in on what's but, happened. But we just thought, you know, we're together. You know, Karen's got her tea. I have my water. We just thought, let's bring our friends up to date with mm-hmm. some things that have been going on. Just, yeah, just because we can. Just because we can. Yes. So, in 2020... The very beginning of 2020, I started a discernment process that went pretty quickly to me starting a whole new company. Yes. Um, So the new company that I started at the very end of February (laughs) in 2020 is called Dream Big Coaching. Some of you have heard of it. Um, I decided to take my small business and leadership coaching out of Waterworks Ministries so that I could reach a bigger audience. And it's been great. Uh, yes, yes. And and if you have forgotten or you would like to learn about discernment, when Karen mm-hmm. talks about her discernment process, we do have some archived um, podcasts. Karen does have a lot we of do. great information in the archives. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and that was, a, I, if I'm recollecting, it was the last, the very tail end of February mm-hmm. when you officially launched. Yes, the, the LLC company. was formed, I believe, February 27th of mm-hmm. 2020. And then two weeks later, I think our state went in to lockdown, to lockdown yes. or something of that nature. It, it was. Um. We, uh, <laughs> yes, my family, we were, we were in Florida for spring break. And um, all these strange messages started coming through about extended spring breaks for the kids at school. And Penn State University were recording here in State College. And... Penn State University was not coming back for a couple of weeks. And I remember Karen and I talking when we flew home and saying, wow, what what is happening? <laughs> what mm-hmm. is going on? And um, yeah, mm-hmm. so she launched her company and two weeks later, the world shut down. Yeah, so wasn't great at first for Dream Big Coaching. Um, that being said, uh, I was able to get out of my lease there uh, where I was before because of uh, the situation and ended up moving my office home for a couple months and then moved to a new space because I was really optimistic against pretty much all historical fact 
that this pandemic would last like six months. At this point, I should say that I had not read the book about the 1918 flu, which was 500 pages long that I read for fun over Christmas, December 2020. And it is nonfiction about how that flu went from swine to people and then proceeded to spread so quickly because partly of World War One, um, partly because of government choices, um, partly because of the situation of water and wastewater. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of things impacted that. Anyway, that book said it lasted, that pandemic lasted two to three years. <laughs> And I was thinking, no, it's going to be six months. Not so much. So moved offices and ended up continuing to see people online and by phone. Yeah. Um, Or outside. It was, it was crazy because for, I remember I was walking. It was a day or two after I had my Doberman attack. Remember that? I was talking on the phone. I would do my walking and Karen and I would have our uh, one of our daily chats and yeah I had got bit by a stinking dog I just wanted to you know yeah anyways but uh, I remember for a hot minute the consideration is this the right time you know mm-hmm. am I should I really even be, tr- be trying to do this mm-hmm. right now this is crazy and put it out to some other prayer warriors and it was like no you need to do this and it was within a couple of weeks after that that we started to see how much of a need people had for coaching. Mm-hmm. Not several of these individuals came to Karen, not necessarily because they had always wanted to do coaching and it was so much easier now to do it virtually, but the pandemic put them into a position where they couldn't ignore things within their business or within their organizations any longer. Mm -hmm. And I think that the pandemic gave them the freedom Mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to do this. And for a lot of them doing it on Zoom, it was safe. Mm -hmm. Or by phone. Or by phone. It was safer. So I just, I remember that for a hot minute thinking, Mm -hmm. well, maybe were we wrong? Yeah. Was the discernment wrong? And it was answered very quickly. Mm -mm. No. No. It was not. It was not. So the your business did really mm-hmm. start to start to build momentum mm-hmm. during and a global pandemic. During a global <laughs> pandemic, and Waterworks Ministries also expanded. Yes, because people realized they needed spiritual direction and an outside perspective and someone to hold safe space for them, mm-hmm. which is what we continue to do. Um, well, and you know, as as, uh, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, we the name Dream Big Coaching. Mm-hmm came about, we were sitting in your previous, previous office. And I yeah. say that because Karen has changed offices three times yeah. since we were with you last, <laughs> valued listeners. Um, and we were sitting there and it just kind of was organic how mm. it came about. We were tossing around all these ideas and then it was like, dream big. Yeah, that was, that was it. And now having the benefit of hindsight to look back over <laughs> the rest of 19 yeah all of 20 and 21. all of 21 and into these early days of 22 dream big means so much more mm. than what we even thought it meant yeah. because who i mean stop and think about this let's come on friends <laughs> who stops and says you know what's a really good idea i'm going to launch a new company in a global pandemic that's coaching. Let's do that. When so many business leaders were, I mean. That was the part of their business they were shutting down. They were shutting it down. Wow. But mm-hmm. God. <laughs> yeah. But God. And so, yeah. So funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that seem like a thousand years ago now? It does. Because it was about two years ago from when we're recording this that I had well it was president's it was president's president's day Mm -hmm. because i was able to get back-to-back appointments with john from the sbdc and Lindsay, Mm -hmm. my attorney (laughs) and they were like oh yeah this is how you know here's what you can do this is how it works i was like 
Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And then we sat together a couple days later. Yeah. Brainstormed Came up with the names. names. Made sure that there was. Made a... sure the name was available. It was. It you was. snagged it I right snagged then and it there. Right up. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Here we are. Here we are. And three offices later. <laughs> three. Yeah. Three offices later. Three offices later. Um, I yeah. I as we're talking, I did a lot of moving. A lot of moving. We ended up buying a house because mm-hmm. uh, we were renting, looking for. I went. I'll use forever home, but you know that's relative. Um, but a place that we could be happy for mm-hmm. a long time. <laughs> it is lovely. It and is lovely. Again, I think it was saved for us in, in some way because lots and lots of other people had looked at it, but they were looking at it for various reasons that weren't to use it as a vacation home or an actual home. They were looking to subdivide or to do timber and it's like 20 acres of swamp <laughs> but it's really nice swamp. It, it's very nice swamp it's very it's, nice swamp. it's 20 acres of swamp and i don't know like the rest is hill mm-hmm. rocky hill mm-hmm. so you can't really do a lot with that unless you're going to do some serious earth moving and get the DEP involved in terms of wetland management. No, thank which, you. Yeah, exactly. In terms of subdivisions and land development, no, thank you. No, thank you. Um, so, you know, we moved in October of 2020. Gosh. And, uh, yeah, we love it. I have a coal stove. It's my favorite thing. It's the perfect Karen house in property. It's perfect. Yeah. And so in the midst of that, you ended up having a son. Oh, well, I, wait, wait, wait. Going to college. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say that ship he, has sailed. He graduated. Um, well, well, actually, he didn't graduate because he was in the class of 2020. So they oh. had a uh, they had a, a virtual uh, video that my son chose not to watch because he was like, seriously? I wanted him to wear his cap and gown while we just like watched it on the, you know, stream it to the TV. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me like I had three heads. So, yeah, you know, our our only child, a son, he class of 2020. And um, so no prom, no no graduation, no lacrosse season, no graduation. Um, And, and, you know, it was really it was hard because he was in, you know, his classes in high school, finishing up that senior year. And. I just remember feeling so badly for the teachers and thinking, boy, I hope that by the fall they can be back with the students because it was really hard for the teachers that I know because they wanted to they wanted to see them before they graduated and and they didn't get to. And um, yeah, so we so we had him home for like everybody else, you know, schools were closed. He missed out on those as a mother. I said they were important milestones. As a guy, he was like, I don't really care. I did junior prom. I'm good. You know, um, he was most unhappy about missing lacrosse, you know. But then as the, as the spring went into summer, then we got the news. He's a college athlete. We found out no football. Um, so that was a blow that he was not going to get to do his sport moving into the fall. He did get to report to college residential um, in the fall, and the entire campus was there for two weeks, and then they sent everyone except the first year's home. (laughs) So fall semester, he did college with only other first years with insanely restrictive parameters for them to be college first years, freshmen um, under, but they managed it well. Then he came home for the Christmas, or no, he came home for Thanksgiving and didn't go back because, you know, they had extended break only to find out that he got to stay home in the spring. So that was fun having my non-virtual learner having to do all of his classes online. He got through it. He's pre-med and he did his chemistry lab in my kitchen. That was exciting. Let me tell you, that was, that was fun. Yeah. 
But he that was that was fun. But he's back on campus, you know, this year, and, and everybody's there. They still have tons of restrictions, mm-hmm. um, but he's there and um, still pre med, <laughs> so he's still doing well. But it was just, you know, looking back, those are experiences that these kids will never get, mm-hmm. you know. And I just I. I don't know. I I just sometimes I get reflective over these couple of years that we've been away from our listeners. And I and I just think about all the things that were lost. But then I'm quickly reminded of all the things that we've gained. Mm-hmm. So there's there's always both sides. Mm-hmm. But I just have to do the disclaimer. I told Karen before we started re- recording, I'm feeling very fussy today. So <laughs> so. Um, so there's that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see. What else? What other recaps? Anything? Well, I mean, just the pandemic is something that will be examined and looked at from every angle for many, many decades mm-hmm. to come. And, you know, I will not live long enough for people much smarter than me to unpack all this and be able to assess how did we handle it and what did we do well and what didn't we do But, you know, I just would hope that when we come out of this, and I do believe that we're coming out of it. I do. Karen's book gives us facts Mm -hmm. to say that we we are coming out of this. I just had always hoped that we would come out of this in a better place as people. And there's days that I believe it, and then there's days that I'm fussy, and I'm not so sure. Um, I just think we have a lot of, we have a lot of learning to do as people. We have a lot of growing to do as people. And, um, and I just hope that we can see the church change because of this in positive ways. But I'm just not so sure. I just don't know what to expect. Hmm. And I think you're with probably 99% of the population on that. Yeah. Cuz it you know, if you were a church member or a tender pre-pandemic, you know that so many things have changed. Yeah. Um just at my secondary appointment, we pivoted pretty much immediately to go virtual uh, because I knew how to do Facebook live. The production value was of even lower quality than this podcast. Uh, (laughs) Which means it was still fabulous. Yeah. um, There's nothing better than than a worship without great miking, um, with bad lighting, and, you know, a video that kind of looks up the pastor's nose because you couldn't quite figure out or have enough books to stack so that the laptop wouldn't fall off the stool. Um, but let us be reminded, worship is not a theatrical presentation. Well, that is true, too. Um, Just side note, yes. asterisks, let us not forget. Yes, let us not forget. It's, it's an orientation of our heart, not a full-on musical production. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we pivoted in that way. And then our tech guy realized that he could help us out. And so he was using a camera and and doing some mic things. And it was lovely. Um, And people were complaining. Right. And we went back to in-person and virtual worship i believe in september or maybe october it was october and it was for a hot minute because then in november of 2020 we went back to virtual again for the holiday season Mm -hmm. um and you know like like a lot of churches there was a lot of circling the wagons um there was a lot of concern about where where money was going to come from, and in order to make both the in-person and the virtual worship 
easier, I'll say for our technical people, that required an investment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there was apparently some discussion about that and a plea for people to give if they felt it was important. And we were able to raise the money and, and got, we have a great new little like owl thing. It, well, it's not an owl. I believe that's a brand name or a trademark, but it's you know a video that pivots and, and can zoom in and zoom out and, and all of these great things. And the, the mics go through the soundboard and get to the, yes, it's lovely. Um, but probably like every church, there have been two factions, the ones that, that believe that, that participating virtually is participating, <laughs> and the ones who tend to lean on that if you're not in person, then you're not participating. Right. Well, and I think that even goes beyond the church. Exactly. Yeah. It's, the, it's a, kind a mindset. Of universal it's a mindset. mindset. It's a mindset. And people are very, very firmly entrenched in their camps. Yes. And the interesting mm-hmm. thing about this, for me anyway, is for those of you who have known me for a while, from 2012 to 2016, I was a consultant with the General Board of Global Ministries with the In Mission Together program. And we did virtual church and virtual meetings all the time because we were across the country and there were some people that would like pop in from Lithuania mm-hmm. and for our meetings or Thailand and like. Well, and, and to kind of take, this isn't a, a diversion, but this no. is just an example. And I used this with someone who was complaining about church being online. Oh. Not someone at the church that my husband and I are members of, but at another church. And I pointed out that many years ago, it was such a huge success that Karen had when the congregation in St. Paul's worshipped with a congregation in Thailand. Mm -hmm. And the technology was not anywhere that it is today. Mm -mm. And people found that to be so incredibly meaningful and wonderful. And oh my goodness, we're getting to connect with brothers and sisters across the globe. Isn't this glorious? And those are the same people who are like, well, if you're not in person, you're not really worshiping God. And I just want to shake them and say, hello, can we rewind the tape for just a second? Because it was so neat that one day in St. Paul's. But, but you know, God and I talked about it. And, uh, you know, and he just reminded me that I don't need to worry about that. But if I feel prompted to speak, then I will speak. And if I don't, then I just need to sit down and pipe down. But the technology, you know, I, I, that first Easter, Karen knows Easter is my jam. Mm-hmm. Lent, I'm a wreck mm-hmm. the entire Lenten season. Just an absolute wreck because I don't think I'm oversharing every congregation. I don't care where you are, what denomination you, uh, you are affiliated with. When a pastor says, would you have been screaming, crucify him? Mm. And all these people are like, oh, heavens no, I own it. And I'm like, yeah, I probably would have been. I would have probably been, maybe not in the front row, but I would have been right up there because mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a sinner. But at that first Easter, I remember feeling incredibly sad because I wasn't going to get to have the Easter that I had been used to. Anybody relate? And then the most glorious thing happened. I was able to attend worships for Easter Sunday at four different churches with four different people in my family in four different locations around the United States. Wow. Now, was I Eastered out by the end of the day? I think you remember that. I was like, okay, if I have to sing (laughs) Up From the Grave Heroes one more time, I may not like that song anymore. But, um... Okay, I may not like it now. But anyways, <laughs> sorry to anyone who that's your that's you know, your jam. That's your jam, but I just anywho, we all have our things. But then as I reflected on it, you know, and I prayed about it and I journaled about it, God was saying, "Can't you see what I'm doing?" Mm-hmm. 
my church is bigger than your pew. And I thought, wow. Satan may say, I'm going to use this global pandemic to crush the church. Mm -hmm. And if we would just get out of our own way and let God be God, I think church did grow in a lot of ways. Hey, I'm hearing of a lot more new Christians mm. who don't look like me <laughs> who have found the Lord during the pandemic through technology. Mm -hmm. And I think that's cool. Yeah. Now, granted, you have to have fellowship and you have to have accountability partners and all of those things are important. But for the Holy Spirit to work and move and be able to, to I always say, woo me mm -hmm. to him, let's get out of his way and let him get to people however they need to be mm -hmm. and not the way that I think, you know, I just, yeah. I know I'm going off on a tangent, but I just really, I'm just seeing a lot of camps, people mm -hmm. camping out on things that at the end of the day, as a believer, they just don't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm leading uh, our district's pastoral leadership development class, and I got to pick the books. Mm -hmm. And so the book that we're reading for February is called Listening for the Heartbeat of God. It's by J. Philip Newell. Great book. Um, but it's it starts out with a bang in talking about the disagreement between Pelagius and Augustine and wow i know <laughs> people are this like this is so up karen's <laughs> this is so oh wow okay uh and everyone's like and i'm done now <laughs> anyway one of the things that i kept reminding the people in the conversation was about essentials like what and what we were talking about in terms of this argument between pelagius and augustine in the 300s is not unessential. Right. And, right. you know, it's a viewpoint, it's a perspective, but when it comes right down to it, I, I, there might be more, but the two that I can think of off the top of my head that are essentials, Jesus is Lord, mm -hmm. which can be interpreted lots and lots of different ways. Just wanna put that out there. Mm -hmm. Second, is that we worship a triune God. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure of any other essentials. Mm, no. Um, mm, well, we recognize that I am a sinner in need of grace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of essential to worshiping a triune God. And but that you know might what? fall under Jesus as Lord. But you know what? That comes, that's what I was just going to say, but that comes into the more personal and close you get to Jesus, the more you see that. And he's mm -hmm. so gently hits me over the head mm -hmm. with that. Right. Let's stop. I, okay, so I, I, I feel. Here's the fussy. I, here's I can what, feel the, it coming. You can feel it. She knows me so well. Um, I think I'm safe saying this, but you know, I do participate in Bible studies. I'm not going to say which Bible study I am referencing, but we were having a discussion in one of the studies. And the conversation as so often happens right now, it's like, I want to shake these people and say, could you go an entire day and not have to talk about the Rona? Mm. Please. Life is so much more full than the Rona. And this is speaking as someone who is vaccinated, fully vaccinated and had the Rona. I got the Rona for Christmas this year, Christmas day, <laughs> my whole family. So anyways, um, and here we are, you know, recording. Yeah. We are recording this on, uh, oh, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Um, <laughs> you can see I'm a celebrant, uh, not. Um, I still can't taste anything, so there's that. But anyways, but, but we're having this conversation and, you know, and we're studying and um, people immediately try to draw parallels to Jesus and his teachings and the gospels to the Rona. And I'm like, this might be too much of a stretch, even for me after I've already done my morning run. Like this could be a bit much. And I just felt 
and Karen knows this, I've, I've, I've prayed very, very strongly that the Lord just, that the Holy Spirit just binds my tongue and not lets, uh, just don't let me speak. So if words start coming out of my mouth, I'm pretty sure that I'm, I'm going to be bringing some thunder. So I pointed out this parallel that I'm seeing between the world and when I'm talking about the world, I'm not talking about judging unbelievers, non-believers. I'm not going to hold a non-believer to a Christian standard. That's not fair. Okay. So I'm talking about within people who are believers when they're talking about the Rona. And I said, you know, something that I'm noticing is we've got a lot of Pharisee action going on around us. And I thought I might be getting kicked out of this Bible study. This could be the day. <laughs> Every day. It's like, is this today? And I was questioned as to how I could say that. So when you're talking about the essentials, what we're doing is we're adding just like the Pharisees and the, I mean, the Sanhedrin, boy, they were some big time rule. Let's make some rules because we yeah. know more about what God really meant. Forget hedge funds. Forget we're talking hedge laws. Hedge laws, right? <laughs> because clearly they were smarter than everyone else. You know, they were smarter than the average Jewish person just coming into Tabernacle. So they were going to interpret mm -hmm. and they were going to add rules and and when we look at what has happened since we were together last, if someone had told us when we were talking about wisdom and someone said, well, you know, the church is going to get shut down in person. All these things are going to happen. We would have been like, yeah, right. Uh-huh. But I think that's something that Karen and I worked through together. And I think that it's made us better. We're still a hot mess. Just going to say it. <laughs> but, but I encourage our listeners, our faithful, loyal listeners, and as you share this podcast with others, if you don't have that person that can help you soften the hard edges or tell you when that you need to sharpen those edges to process things, please find that. Pray, pray for the Lord to bring you that person or people or community because I could not have gotten through this without having someone like Karen in my corner. Yes, I love my family, but I needed someone that I could just be really authentic, transparent, real, and quite frankly, get mad at God sometimes. Like, come on, you could, you, okay. There was a day that Karen and I both, within a 12 hour period, we both wanted to smite people. <laughs> like we, we got there. So listeners understand, we got there. But, but what I'm seeing yeah. is... And it was glorious, like we had... And I'm not joking. Like, I wanted God to smite some people. And she's like, no. I said the same thing. Because I'm off of Facebook. You know, I don't get on there. And she's like, no. I said the exact same thing. So we we yeah. we got this a lot of work to do. We had it plant like how people do storyboards for movies and things. We had it done. We were like, oh, and this is going to happen first. And people are just going to be walking into Target and sulfur from the sky is going to fall right and it's going to be on fire and like these big asteroids are just going to come and blow people like we mm -hmm. were upset so like and we were ready for it we yeah. were like i just hope i get to see it i mean <laughs> seriously like we were those oh we were, oh, oh mm. yeah it, it wasn't a good day it was not one of our finer moments but understand that was not early pandemic this was no. only like a couple of months ago yeah so <laughs> so we we yeah. got there but we had a delayed reaction like a lot of people and this yes. is something that i need to i think we should disclose as well that like i with my clients with my directees i said i've been doing spiritual direction with my spiritual director for seven years via skype it's great so let me know if you want phone outside or or video and we we pivoted and it was lovely um some of my other uh, colleagues in spiritual direction they took a different tack which is okay everybody needs to do what they were comfortable with but for me it was a no-brainer going back to oh well i did like worship over skype in 2014 right across time zones like you and me getting together to talk about how god is in your life 20 miles away is fine right you know so right. anyway so allowing god 
to work through to work through us yeah regardless of what the world is yeah saying is right or wrong or ridiculous and so like you know at first there was kind of di- i'll say mass disbelief and a lot of fear that went with it and then people got angry and i had so much going on in my life <laughs> you were oblivious <laughs> that I- I did not have time to acknowledge my anger until 2021. (laughs) Because I was helping other people with their stuff. Yes. And granted, my spiritual director and my peer groups and everybody, they were incredibly helpful. But I had other things to discern, like whether or not to buy a house, whether or not to move my office three times. You know, all of those kind of things that went along with running a business or two and you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I had other foci that I was dealing with. Um, and I was going to live my life regardless of what was happening. I was like, this is, this is going to happen. I'm not pressing pause because I'm a one on the Enneagram that, well, I mean, (laughs) it explains a lot, but but how sad that so many people push that pause button two years ago. Hmm. And they're still there. And they're still there. And they're angry at people who didn't push their pause button to. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the, that was the correlation I was trying to make with these, this one group of ladies. You know, don't be a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. Don't make rules for other people that. Yeah, that you think <sighs> will, you know, that you want to protect because you feel like you need the barrier. Right. And then. But other people don't feel that they need that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Going back to something you say on a regular basis. You do you, boo. You do you, boo. <laughs> you do you, boo. You do you. And so, yeah, there's been a lot. We've, we've really come through a lot. I mean, and I'm one of those people that I don't know what it is. And if I can remember it when I get to glory, whenever and however that looks like, and that's a whole other podcast series about what does that look like. But anyways... You know, maybe I'll ask God, you know, why was it that people feel so comfortable? This was way before the pandemic. And even with social distancing or physical distancing or whatever you choose, whichever phrase you choose to use, I still had people get all up in my business Mm -hmm. and want to talk to me or yell at me. I've been yelled at more times during the pandemic by random people. I can't, I should have kept a counter of how many, I mean, Karen has to hear them all, you know, of just random people coming up and just going off on me for bizarre reasons that I'm like, are you talking to me? (laughs) But, you know, I think that what this, and, and I promise you all, this will be the only time on a podcast you hear us talking about the Rona. Yep. I mean, I think I didn't know that, but I think Karen, I know Karen as well as my own brain. We are not fixated on this. Mm -mm. We have not been fixated on it. Well, that's not true. Those early days we did because we didn't know. It impacted us. It did. And it still impacts us. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, my parents have had so many of their friends pass away with the coronavirus. mm -hmm. And that is very tragic. So please, I don't want anyone to think that we are being insensitive or uncaring or not recognizing Mm -hmm. the extremely painful price that so many families have paid because of this virus. What I'm saying is we are reflecting and looking at really the behaviors and the way that society now is interacting with each other or against each other. And did this pandemic make things obvious that were already there? Did it create things? There's a lot of behavioral oddities out there now. And I think that for some people, I, Karen knows this, we can be in a room of 100 people and somebody's going to come up and start having a really strange conversation with me. They just, I'm like a magnet. Can they, you tell them about the doctor's office where you're like, oh, you can see me? Well... <laughs> Well, well just I did. This, I so did this. I decided. I found a meme that. <laughs> yes. So because Missy has people come up to her all the time and just randomly start talking, this meme came across my Facebook. I ended up sending it to her as a message, and it said something like, you know, the next time 
a random person comes and talks to me, I'm going to look around a bit, you know, anxiously and say, oh, my gosh, you can see me. Mm-hmm. I did it. And she did it. It was brilliant. I did it. And I was met with, <laughs> and it was it was a dude. It was an older man. I don't think he really knew what to do with it. <laughs> um, the receptionist at the doctor's office thought I was insane, but she laughed. But she laughed, and I and I I had to explain to her the conversation with her was probably the more interesting because I said you don't understand. I have people come up to me no matter where I am or what I'm doing. And start asking me random questions. And this man was going off about having to wear a mask in the doctor's office. And I was like, you can see me? Can you hear me? And he, like, stepped back away from me. (laughs) It was, yeah. I haven't used that one again since that day. It was a good experiment. But, you know, I (laughs) I think people just need, people just need more Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. And they need to understand that when you get those angry feelings or those emotions, he is the safest one to take them to. Mm -hmm. And yes, Karen and I wanted to smite people, but you know what? It allowed us to have a conversation that led us both to say, you know what, God, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Forgive me. That was really that was really unkind. It was unnecessary. You are the only one who can smite, and I would be top at your list to smite if you, if you judged me, based upon my sin. Mm-hmm. But praise you that you don't. Yeah. So it was a good uh, <laughs> resetting of the old compass. Which but is I just why think you need people. You need people, but I just think a lot of people have thrown their moral compass out the window. And, you know, when you're talking about virtual church versus in-person, why why wouldn't we continue to offer the ability through Zoom or Skype or whatever platform, you know, Google Meets, whatever it is, Teams, why wouldn't we as the church continue to offer those methods when we were were already doing it? Mm-hmm. Why does it have to be one or the other? And the thing about it is, this virtual church has allowed people who are shut in, yep. who can't, who haven't been able to attend for a long time, you know, those who are stuck in their homes, not necessarily the nursing home contingent because they don't have access to an iPad generally. Right. Um, but, you know, for those who are stuck at home, uh, because of mobility issues or whatever, mm-hmm. they've been able to participate. Right. Like if they've got kids around, you know, the. I've heard lots of stories about people's kids coming over, bringing an iPad or their laptop and sitting down with their parents and worshiping. Right. And that's a beautiful thing. It's not watching. No, it's not a it's television show. Yeah, it's not a television show. When you participate, whether it's yeah. synchronously or asynchronously, you are given. We are given the opportunity to worship. Well, you know, I, I asked. I asked this question. Um, gosh, this was a long, long time ago. This might have been back even in twenty one sometime. I asked a question when someone was being very. I don't do church online. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until it's back in person. I'm not getting online. And I said, have you ever watched a video on your phone of a song? Or, you know, has, has a, and this woman is grandmother. Have you ever had a grandchild send you something and you just watched it and you just felt, you know what I mean, when God gets a hold of you, you feel it, you know, or you, even if you don't have the physical feeling, you know in your spirit, like, this is, this is good. Like, for me, I like to go on the YouTube, and I like to listen and watch the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, okay? I love them. What's the difference? If God can reach me, or you, or Jane Doe, through a video or through a song or listening to something on the radio or, you know, I know a lot of people listen to different preachers online, you know, like the big mega churches or whatever. 
okay, so it's okay for that, but it's not okay for your congregation, your little congregation, wherever you may be. You may reach someone who lives 14 states away and your little video was the one that that person needed to see, needed to hear the message, needed to hear the song, needed to hear whatever, and they then say, you know what, God, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Again, and I say this to Karen all the time, and maybe in different context, but when I look at what COVID has tried to do to our world, I what do I say? My God is bigger than COVID. Mm-hmm. And I just need to get out of his way. I try to tell him what to do sometimes. And I don't do well when other people want to tell me what to do, mm-hmm. how to do it, when to do it. And if you add in a little dash of condescending, you know, like being very condescending to me, that just sets the old sin meter on high with me. <laughs> so I just need to remember to extend grace, but to stand firm on matters that are firm. You know what I mean? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like yeah. we've, we've grown a lot in these years and this could prove for some interesting podcasts down the road because I think a lot of the fluff and stuff that Karen and I had, and I know most people would say we had no fluff and stuff. What little bit we had is gone. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. If there, there are probably two things that I can say that have happened over these past two and a half years. One is that I have developed a much deeper and meaningful relationship with my God. Mm-hmm. I can say that for certain. Two, I have a lot less tolerance for people's crap. Yes. I sh- And yes. Believe other believers crap. Yes. Again, I do not, not judging. Hold, I do not hold. And please hear me. That is the that is the playground of the enemy. When a believer tries to hold someone who is not a believer to unrealistic standards. Think back if you can remember before you were sold out for Jesus. All in for Jesus. Now, I've always believed and I've always accepted and understood that he is my Lord and Savior, but there's for me there's a difference. There's a mm-hmm. before I became sold out And then there's the after. And I could have been one of those Christians that maybe didn't do a great job in choosing how I interacted. I'm trying every way to make this. Okay, I was was a hot mess. I was a train wreck. And not like in a, I'm trying to love Jesus hot mess way. It was a, (laughs) I'm going to run you over if you choose to stand in my way kind of thing. Yes, and it was not it was not in love. No, that no. It was there not was not a spirit of Christian love and fellowship. fellowship. But but my my growth pattern has been such that I am starting to truly look at an individual before I speak before I react and most times there's no need for me to speak there's no need for me to react um you know we we live in a in a in an area that is not unlike many other areas where you have groups of individuals who have found their tribe and they have found their tribe under the flag of we are the moral majority on masking, on vaccinations, on whatever. And if you don't agree with us, we're going to crush you. Mm -hmm. And when I look at some of these groups and I listen to some of their statements, and I know that some of them are leaders within their congregations, those are the things that trouble me. We have to be really, really aware as we come back into, we're created for fellowship. We're created for social interactions. We are not created to hide in our homes 
and only interact through a screen. It's so easy to dehumanize each other when we do that. So my, my hope is as we come back into, and for some people, they will never re-engage. Mm-hmm. And that is their choice. But as believers, when we interact with people who view the world differently, let's remember our words matter, our actions matter, and our God is bigger than any of this. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing today to help advance the kingdom? And who are we reaching today with the good news that Jesus died for him or her? And mm-hmm. they don't even know him yet. And he still says, come on. You know, one of the things that uh, my son and I were talking about was the, you know, the parable of the lost sheep, mm-hmm. you know. And he was like, you know, I was, he was ta- they, he's a member of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And they were talking about it. And just talking about in today's day, how many people would choose to go look for the one or would they hang out with the other 99 and berate and criticize the one who wandered off, right? And I said, well, I don't think it's probably any different today than it was in Jesus' day. (laughs) Um, So we just need to remember people are people. And um, am I going to judge the one who wandered or did things differently? Or am I going to go and exert the energy and show the love and the compassion and the grace that I've been given and then let God do what God does? Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, I, you know, this is an example. I forgot. We have some municipalities here who still have mask mandates. And um, I had to run into a store in a, in a municipality that has a, a mask mandate. And I was driving my husband's truck. I didn't have my car. And I have masks stashed everywhere, like they're in the console, they're in the door. I mean, I have them everywhere because I always forget. Well, I didn't have a mask on me. And I ran in. Again, remember, I'm fully vaxxed and have had the Rona. And my blood work shows that my antibodies are like through the roof. (laughs) So I think I could probably lick a Petri dish right now. And I wouldn't, but I'm just saying I probably could. And presumably I I have pretty high immunity right now to it. So anyway, so I'm not going to be spreading it to anyone. Anyways, I didn't go down aisles that other people were down at the Target. (laughs) I only needed to get three things. I was very mindful that I was not wearing a mask. Now, was I the only person there not wearing a mask? Oh, heavens no. Most people were not. So I was trying to stay away from people. And I had a woman come up to me. And yell at me you know earlier when I said people just come up you know and she made all of these assumptions about who I am and what I'm about and and I remember just looking at her and I smiled and I said I hope the Lord gifts you with a blessed day and I turned around and I walked away I wanted to say I hope you have the day you deserve but I didn't <laughs> I hope you I hope the Lord blesses you grants you a blessed day and I turned around and she just stared at me and then she called me a dirty name (laughs) now we are called to be different so you know this has been this has been hard um I'm a very social person Mm -hmm. I'm an extroverted introvert (laughs) like there's part of me that is an extrovert, but there's part of me too that is perfectly contented. I can amuse myself and I, and I like time away, but my spirit and my, I am hungry for some normalcy, whatever that looks like. And, um, and I just, but, but I think that as we go back into that, we, we just need to remember that this is still God's creation as messed up as it is. We know it's messed up. It's going to be messed up. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change. It's not going to change. Until Jesus comes back, whenever that is. Right. But how I respond, react, and choose to spend whatever days, hours I have left here, I can control that. Mm -hmm. So I wish that I could say, I am declaring the Rona done. But you know what? (laughs) Well, in some ways, I kind of have. After I had it, (laughs) I'm like, okay, this is okay. But, But don't. Don't allow the enemy to take captive your thoughts Mm -hmm. and make you look at the world or each other or the church 
in a way that is restrictive, limiting, and judging. We need to be loving and grace-filled and respectful of laws because we are to respect mm-hmm. the authorities. And I do. I follow all that. Like, I, I thought I was a criminal because I didn't have a mask. <laughs> I mean, I probably felt more guilty than that woman's anger at me, you know, because I want to do the right thing and I want to not. But as we come out of this and, and when the day comes, and it will come, that mandates and rules and things like that, they are going to be a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. Just like when Jesus said, it is finished on the cross, all the rules the Pharisees had went, you know, well, not necessarily, but they should have gone out the window. They could have. They could have chosen. For those, yes, for followers of the way. They could have. But here we are, you know, here we are. And um, life is for living, people. Yeah. As you've been sharing your experience, the thing that comes to my mind um is is what guides my conversation with people um now that kind of excludes you and it it excludes my husband Uh, okay (laughs) because you know pretty much the two of you will get my uncensored feelings about something well like i was saying Um, earlier like find find somebody that can you can do that that you can do that with right find someone but pretty much everyone else I think about it in terms of, first of all, is it kind? Mm -hmm. Which is really hard for me because for most of my life, I have thought about whether or not it's right or wrong, which generally is more important to me than whether or not it's kind, regardless of the way that I frame these questions. You know where I land on the Enneagram, so you know where I'm at on that one, so yes. So, So I've... And this happened, this started to happen before, you know, our last podcast in in September of 2019, but it became really like into focus over the last two years, where is it kind? Mm -hmm. And so I, if it's yes, then I go to the next question. If it's no, I just stop. Um, So is it kind? And then the second is, is it constructive? I.e., will it build up? the person that I'm talking to. Yes. And if it's not those two things, like you were talking about the spirit opening your mouth or closing your mouth, Mm -hmm. like those are the two questions that I use to, to discern that in some way. And we'd have a lot I think more open conversations if we came to it with other people's best intentions at heart and not with like hidden agendas like we've always had, but they have seemed to bubbled to the surface over the last two years because there's a lot of stress. Yes. Oh, you know, and like, and that's the thing, right? We've seen the worst of people and we've also seen the best of people. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, we have the opportunity to show our best. If we're willing to lean into the discomfort of our fear and our anger and our frustration and and all the things that make us who we are in the world that we live. Like, it's not like they're, you know, I say to a lot of people a lot of the time, Jesus didn't promise this would be easy. He actually told us. He told us it was going to be the opposite. It's going to be the opposite. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Noted. Right. Yeah. Matthew right. 5, mm-hmm. I think Luke 6, the two different versions of the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Right. Like, excuse me, Jesus, wait, hold up. <laughs> Is that what I signed up for? <laughs> well, but I think, too, it comes back to that to that having an authentic and honest relationship both with Jesus and with yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, because trust me, when I say that I pray in many scenarios like, Lord, bind my tongue, it's because my wicked tongue wants to just be like, (laughs) you know. So even when I made... You'd like to unleash the smiting. I would like to unleash the smiting with my own words. words. But, you know, even when I was sharing 
delivery matters, you know, and even mm. when I was saying we have to be careful not to fall into the trappings that the Pharisees did with making up our own rules and how we do that. It's so weird because sometimes I will be saying these things and a lot of times the Lord will have me say some pretty convicting things. But the presentation of how mm. it is said is done from a place of love and compassion and scriptural truth. Mm-hmm. And that's something, too, that I'm really noticing a lot is mm-hmm. if it is not if, if I'm having a theological type discussion with someone or, you know, whatever you want to call it. If there isn't a scriptural truth to be my North Star on it, then I really don't give it a lot of energy or thought because I figure that God is going to let me know if it really matters to me or not. But, you know, that's where I think we can, again, get into these camps. Mm-hmm. You know, I've even heard some people criticizing, well, that congregation, they never stopped meeting in person. Why, well, no, can you believe they went? And I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing? It doesn't matter. Yeah, It's not your congregation. How about you lift them up mm-hmm. and say, Lord, let's grow the church. And I think as we come out of this, God's sense of humor is going to be on full on, we're talking Radio City music lights display, that there's going to be a lot of new believers who do not fit the um, Christmas card photo that people think. Mm Mm-hmm. And And that's a beautiful, beautiful beautiful thing. The church is growing in other parts of this globe that, um, I mean, when you talk about persecution, you know, there's persecution in our doorsteps, but also severe persecution all around the world. And these people are rising up Mm -hmm. and saying, no, this is too important. Your eternity person I'm talking to is too important for me to be quiet. So... Karen and I were not silent during our time away from you all, but we were, we did a lot of listening and a lot of (laughs) crying out at the throne of God. We fought against fear together, you know, in my job in affordable housing, you know, I had to have conversations with folks who were impacted extremely negatively by by the things that happened and I have to be really really careful as far as my faith goes in that job Um, but God gave me ways so I just every day it's like okay God are you going to give me a way today to not want to smite somebody and maybe show God's grace and love instead and you know what he shows up and Mm -hmm. he does and I still mess up and then I call Karen, and I'm like, you get a load of this. You're not going to believe what I did today. Uh, I confess it to God first, but then, you know, we are encouraged if you have that confidant. I was going to generally my confession is to Missy, and then I just assume God hears it too. Well, that is true. That is true. That is true. I don't do it twice. I do it twice. I do it twice. It's like my trial run with God now. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. Many times I, I will tell Karen, opposite. I'll be like, Liz, you are not going to believe. But the smiting day, that was a really funny one because we had both done it. And she's like, you're not on Facebook, but I am. And I said I wanted to smite people. Um, I wrote a whole thing. Generally, that is not a good place to be. But you know what? I'm glad that I went there mm-hmm. because it helped me understand me better. Yeah. And in spite of it all, we, we laugh all the time and um, and say this. We just picture Jesus on the throne. And when Karen and I are at our worst, you know how most people, when they're at their worst, they're like, oh, Lord, forgive me. I'm so sorry. And, and everything. Karen and I have a different approach. We will be like, you know what? He knows my heart. He knows Karen's heart. And we can be out in the weeds so far in the weeds we've said we'd need a machete to like get out of the weeds and find the path and we're still going to be looking over our shoulder going don't worry weeds we'll be back um but you know we we just picture jesus laughing Mm -hmm. with just joy and he says to the father look at them Mm -hmm. look at those two they're ours Mm -hmm. 
aren't they great? And meanwhile, like I said, we're out in the weeds. And mm-hmm. he says, and the Holy Spirit is guiding us, us back. back. And I just, and I try to remember that, that even at my worst, that's when Jesus loves me the same as when I think that I'm, because when I think I'm at my best, I'm getting ready to go off into the weeds because I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. out of, I'm out of touch. But, um, but I just look back over these years now since we were together. Oh, it doesn't seem that long. And then it seems like a thousand years, but and I just picture Jesus looking down on all of us saying, they're ours. Mm-hmm. Look at them. Look at them. Yeah. They are so wonderful. And and we'll, we'll get there. But just, you know, yeah, just be kind. Mm-hmm. And stay out of people's business. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's an interesting way to, to end it. <laughs> be kind and stay, stay out, out of people's, people's business. business. If all it right. doesn't impact you. Yeah, if it doesn't impact you. And for those of you who might need some help connecting, um, who who want to try spiritual direction or are looking for someone to help kind of guide to, to a community group or to a prayer partner or something like that, please reach out to us. Um, you can reach me through waterworksministries.org and you know I have a whole network of spiritual directors that I can refer to um, therapists or you know whatever Um, if you need support and don't know where to turn please please get a hold of me and get a hold of us because we we know that this has been a really really difficult time Mm -hmm. and as much as we're laughing at ourselves no um we have needed the support just as much um, and have taken advantage of of what has been available to us in, in different ways. And so, you know, as you move forward uh, with, I'll say, arm in arm with Jesus, mm-hmm. um, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid no. to... We're all in this together. Yeah, we are. And even though Karen and I may come across a little bit like... Okay, yeah, we have some hard edges. We do, yeah. <laughs> We're pretty gooey on the inside. And um, you know what? We just, we don't want someone to suffer in silence or suffer yeah. alone. Because even if you live in another country and you're listening to this, reach out. Mm-hmm. Because we have been able to see through this that the world really is not that, is not that big. Mm-hmm. And we are just a Zoom link away. Let us know if you just need, you know, prayer for mm-hmm. a certain situation or an issue, but um, I she won't do it, but I'm going to say, if you have ever considered having the conversation, reach out to Karen, try a session with her um, for spiritual direction. If you have a business owner in your life or you are a business owner and could benefit from coaching, reach out to her because God is doing amazing things through you, Karen. Yeah. And um, I am always going to be her number one cheerleader. Mm -hmm. So you just reach out. What do you have to lose? Nothing. So as I sign all of my emails, um, Hesed and Shalom. (laughs) Missy's mouthing the words along with me. (laughs) She gets them all the time. Yes, I do. And uh, yeah, grow into your wholeness. Mm. Lean into God's loving kindness and, and keep the faith. We're in this together. And don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Laugh a bit more. Laugh more. All right. Until next time, friends. And it won't be two years. It won't be. No. <laughs>